Welcome to the Scribe Count Podcast. I'm Philippa Werner, and I'll be your host. This week, we continue our discussion with author Russell Nolte about how Kickstarter can work for authors. So it used to be when I first started writing, my husband and I would do like champagne and whatever uh, for a book launch. And then um, it got to the point where we're like, oh, what are, what are you doing today? Oh, well, you know, I, oh, a book came out today. Yep. Yeah, I did a book launch. That was a thing I did. <laughs> and I just like couldn't keep up with it anymore. <laughs> One of the nice things about a Kickstarter campaign is that you, you have to take the time to like pack the books and like, it's a big deal. It's it's outside of the routine. Like it's it's really touching your audience a lot more than you normally would. You know, I, for instance, I send like weekly emails. Usually I spend, I send daily or more than daily emails during a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, and like, once the books come to you, you're like, oh, like, like, I have to stop everything and, and do, and the do thing. them. So yeah. it like almost makes you, it forces you to enjoy it in a way that you wouldn't if you just had a launch. Like I don't always celebrate when the campaign ends, but I always celebrate when the books have shipped. Yeah, that makes sense. It absolutely does. And especially for me, cause I hate going to the post office, but. <laughs> Well, it's not yes. so like it. So you probably have a regional distribution center somewhere around where you live. And if you do, all you have to do is use something like backer kit or pirate ship to print out the labels, drive them around the back of you. The not every not every post office has it. you may have to drive considerably further, but almost all of them have a regional distribution center that you can just bring the back mm-hmm. and then they will let you in and they will help you unload into a big bin and then you just drive off and you never have to walk inside a post office literally ever again. Okay, well, this leads in fact perfectly into today's theme, which if you'll recall was, what are the parts of Kickstarter that people tend to find overwhelming that you are here to tell us over the course of your Kickstarter campaign about the book and then also here today are not actually as scary as we thought. Absolutely. So that seems to be one of them. And you have just set my mind at ease a little bit. But what are the other things that tend to be the most that people say, oh, I couldn't do a Kickstarter because, you know, I've got one of my own, but one is 30 days like Mm -hmm. that. So it's a month, Mm -hmm. which I say it doesn't have to be a month. You can run a Kickstarter campaign for one day. I've run them as low as as short as uh, as short as five days and as long as 52 days. You can run them as long as 60 days. I generally recommend uh, somewhere between 10 and 17 days. My friend who does more data on this than I do, which is hard to believe how much data that I have, um, but he just has over a lot of creators, has mm-hmm. told me that unless you are doing a lot of ads or a lot of PR or a lot of um, like swapping and things, mm-hmm. you you generally see the same amount. So what I mean by that is like, you're doing your own campaign. Like it's like you generally like, and your audience, you're bringing you and your audience to the table. Like you're not doing a whole bunch of other stuff. You generally will make the same amount in 17 days as you will in 31 days or 30 okay. days. So, uh, and that cuts out a huge amount of the dead zone. Um, I find that 
I've done this now 17 times. By the time this has launched, hopefully I'll have done 18 uh, successfully. Um, but uh, I, I, I can't make it past 17 days without hating myself and the, everything and the whole and like every and I've done this a lot of times and I know what it's like to run a campaign and I can 17 days is a good amount because um, you have the start week and usually you'll get so I always launch on Tuesday so Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday is my first week. And I usually have early bird perks and like some, it's like fun. Cause I'm like, Hey, look, like it's going up real fast. And then the last few days you're like, Hey, it's going up real fast again. And like, we're almost over. So like, there's like that usually I end in a Thursday. So then I have like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, uh, five days. So five days at the beginning, five days at the end, we're like, I'm like, yay, joy. And then there's a week now that is like miserable because like things are not going, things are not moving up as fast as you want. Uh, if you didn't hit your goal at the, of where you wanted to be in the first week, like now you've got like a whole week to be like, okay, we're not quite ending. We're not quite beginning. Uh, now what? Which is why 10 days is great. Um, because you really have uh, like you start and right when that peters off, it's like, okay, it's time to end. The problem is you do lose backers in 10 days. Like I've, I've found that uh, 10 days people will come on later and be like, oh, I missed it. And I don't usually, I don't, I, I rarely if ever get that at 17 days. I'm not saying it doesn't mm -hmm. happen, but I don't get but. the emails and the messages about it. Five days, definitely you had, I had like people being yeah. like, oh my God, like it started and then it was over. But to me, it was the best. <laughs> like, because yeah, it was a and I can, I can empathize with them because I'm definitely the sort of person that I'll ignore my email for a week at a time and I'll come back and be like, oh, oh, it's done yeah. already. Yeah. But I mean, for me, it was like, it started, it was a book that I had written and that I had written and drawn like years ago. Uh, I had, I had just sitting around for like five years and I was like, Oh, like it's no, no risk to me. And I made like $3,000 on that campaign. And I was like, cool, that's like $2,000 more than I needed. So awesome. I now wipe my hands of like, this campaign, I got the books, I, I fulfilled them with like a week. And I it only took like a couple of hours to put everything in because there weren't very many books to ship. And like, it was great. It was it was it was awesome. Um, uh, but I definitely lost a ton of potential backers. I just didn't care. And I'm going to do a probably like a five or maybe 10 day campaign in November. And again, mm -hmm. I know I'm going to lose backers, but I don't care. I just want it done. Um, so the one thing I will say is for sure, think about a 17 day or even a 10 day campaign. If you have like no fandom built up around yourself, then maybe even a 10 day would be okay. Um, Cause you do want some time for like the algorithm to find other people, uh, yeah. people to find your campaign. Um, I literally for that five days was like, this is only going to my list and that's it. Like I, I, in fact, it was a book that I drew. I didn't want other people to see it that weren't already on my list. Like I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not a great artist. Um, so I didn't want people to, uh, to like, even like, I didn't want people to have that to be their first experience with me. So I was more like, this is a book that is very funny and very good, but like, if people in the comics world come in this campaign, they're going to be like, who is this guy and why? So I literally kept it short specifically because I only wanted it to go to people who already knew who I was. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a big one. Uh, 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 that and the fulfillment. Um, I, 
like I don't love fulfillment. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you and be like, oh, this is amazing. Like it's the most amazing thing ever. But you know, there is something very rewarding about packing the book, putting a label on it, and then putting it to, to be taken. You can also call the post office or schedule a pickup at your house for any number of boxes. Now they will complain, but like, <laughs> like they will come and they will take your 200 boxes if you have them. Um, so I, I still go to the post office because I want them out of my house. Yes. Um, but you don't have to do that. You can call in a, a thing. Okay. You can, you can also hire somebody to like help you pack or do all of that stuff. So I, I've, I've packed thousand book campaigns before and like, they get to be very annoying because it's like the same thing for days, but you know, for most that. But for most novel campaigns, like you're probably going to get mostly ebook sales. And then, you know, you'll have, even yeah. for my campaign, we had like 300 backers and only about 50 people had anything to ship to. Unless you live very rural, that's the sort of thing where you can also kind of like go on next door, or wander around your neighborhood being like, does anyone have teenage children who right. would like $50? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, or like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we've also probably all have friends who like are out of work and like be like, hey, do you want some money to do this thing? Because I mean, I have, I have it to the point that I, I literally will launch in the morning and I have, my process is so, so um, uh, uh, streamlined. Mm -hmm. Like I literally still write 5,000 words that day. Like I still do my work, like the day that I launch a book. Um, so uh, most people are not like that. Most people have to like take time off to do. You know, I'm sure like, for your first few Kickstarters, it's not a process yet. There's a lot yes. of just mental energy that is always hovering on the Kickstarter second. Yes. And, and I still thing. have the thing where I like will look in every like 10 minutes and like I'm much more distracted that day. But like um, just for the last few years, I've mostly had still worked the day I launched a campaign or at the very mm -hmm. worst, I took that day off and then worked the next day. Um, so it's not something that has to take all of your mental energy. It's just a thing that will take your mental energy and sap you of it, especially mm -hmm. if you keep looking and the numbers not going up. I I'm, I'm working with somebody now and we knew her campaign was going to be small, but she still messages me many times a day being like, why, why is it not going up? And I'm like, we knew it wasn't like, like this we was literally this was just coming. a test, but it doesn't matter because like, it's not like, because it's a novel thing. Like I do check KDP every morning, but like, then I go up to my old, I go and do whatever mm -hmm. uh, because it's, like a novel thing and people can drop out at any time. Like there's this like, there's this like uh, doom, like looming dread until it's over. Um, so- What if it falls flat? What if? Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's another thing of like, like failure is totally an option and it's okay to like, to totally muck it up. Um, I was just talking about this earlier today, uh, you know, the coolest cooler, uh, which is a, was ended up being a nightmare uh, to fulfill. And I don't even think they did fulfill like, but they did have like a $16 million campaign. The first time they did it, they failed. It was a failure of a campaign. And so like, it's not like they redesigned, they relaunched and they did it better. Um, they, they, you know, maybe it would mean you don't do that series. 
you know, people always, always, always get really up in arms about like their book's not selling. And I'm like, cool. You know what that means? You can, you can button up that series and start a new one. Or like, what did you learn on this series? Like, how can we make that series break even? So you don't like feel terrible about it, but you feel like just barely okay about it. So like, you know, maybe that is launching on a Kickstarter to make up whatever the reference. I did that. I had a, a, the God's Verse Camp Chronicles, which is like my biggest series. I've now raised $20,000 on it on Kickstarter uh, across two campaigns, like literally launched me redoing novels on Kickstarter again, started as like a failed novel campaign where I'd spend about $10,000 on books, maybe a little bit more. And I only made like three of it back. So I needed to make like the money just to recover, just so I didn't like have this looming dread over myself for the literal rest of my life. And I redesigned it and I relaunched it and we made enough to make another book. And then we did three more books this year and we're doing four more books next year. But like that was really just launched as a way to say, I cannot have this failure on my conscience. I cannot have like seven or five or whatever, some huge amount of money that I I would like literally never make up. Like, because the book was unsuccessful, I wasn't about to put money into ads, which means it would just like sit there. So like, it's literally no chance for it to make money back. I just would never make any mm-hmm. anything for me in the in, in the realm of what I needed it to make. So, um, yeah, I mean that that Kickstarter was great for that. Kickstarter was amazing for for that process. And that that brings me to a question. Then you you know you mentioned the first failed Kickstarter and redoing, and um, there are a few stories that are pretty big across sort of all s- sorts of media. There was Final Fantasy fourteen, for instance, which they launched did horribly. They pulled the entire thing down, reworked all of it and hucked it back up and it's massively successful now. And so you've got, you know, that you've got the $16 million Kickstarter campaign, all sorts of things. Yeah. Is there anything that you've noticed that helps you either refine your gut feeling for which situation you're in? Is it a walk away or is it a refine or anything that can sort of point you through the morass of what sort of situation am I in? It's really hard at the mm-hmm. at beginning. I'm a little I'm significantly further than I was when I first had would answer this question a lot differently. But mm-hmm. because it's been so much time developing books, and because I already have an audience, and I, I I kind of can already tap into them whenever I want to to ask them questions, um, it is I less now think I'm going to have a massive failure. I'm more worried that it will break even and not be worth the time and effort and energy. Because like when I say break even, I mean break even on the cost of production, not on my time, energy and effort. And if I spend like three years on a book series and it literally just breaks even on production, that is a massive failure to me. Um, Yes, uh, that is definitely something to think about. You know, um, as I mentioned to you off the record here and I'll bring this in for our listeners to give context. um, I am looking at having a Kickstarter later this year and that would be covering covers and editing and a print run it would not be covering anywhere close to the amount of time i would be spending on it right and so the question is i mean i i am sure that i could not at this point run a kickstarter for that much time and you know recoup that cost so how um how do you factor in uh, if this isn't too personal a question to ask, and if it is, I can certainly cut it out. Um, are you right now working in a day job as well? And then you 
have the books that you're writing as a, a background thing, or is it you get as much time as they make above their production costs, and that's how much time you get to work on them, or how do you do uh, that? No, I mean, I work full-time doing mm -hmm. the, as a writer and as an editor and a publisher, and my money comes from usually conventions where I was making most okay. of my money before the pandemic. So like I would try and break even on Kickstarter and then I would make my money and at then, conventions. And yep. that would, that would pay for me in my time, effort and energy. Um, so, so yeah. And that's where I would be able to refine the pitches and do everything. But I mean, I, I don't care so much about money anymore. Like I, I have a lot of really what motivates me now is I bought a bunch of covers and I want to write, I'm running through them all before I, uh, I, um, before like I can write another big series. Like I have one <laughs> big, I, I just finished one big series. I'm in the middle of another big series. I'm 10 books into a 16 book series. And then before I finish, can start another big series, I have to write seven more books. Um, so, that is what motivates me now is getting through these seven more books that I have been writing. Um, and I, uh, I work from home. So like my, I have a wife, uh, who like makes decent money. Um, uh, my, I, my, my overhead is low and, uh, I, I generally make more on the, I, I generally make a few thousand dollars extra on the Kickstarter. Then I do consulting and other things on the side. I don't know anyone who doesn't do consulting and other things on the side, but I, uh, you know, I do, I have like 500 other things that I do. Mm -hmm. And then like, but this is the majority of my income. Is that, and that's wonderful that you've found a way to bring your readers into this as a sort of a collaborative process. You're tapping into that. And have you found that so you mentioned earlier, you you get this list from Kickstarter, and these are the people that are very, very engaged, and you can tell how engaged they are. Have you been able to form any sort of community off Kickstarter with just those readers? Like, are they on a separate mailing list? Are they something else? Where you yeah, I have, a, I have a Kickstarter-only mailing list. Um, okay. Once once the campaign is over, I ask people if they want to opt in to, the, to, okay. to, to my mailing list or not, because you you know, yeah. legality and stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, but no, like, it's funny. What I've learned over the course of the last few years is that the people who buy the most books are the quietest. Like most of the people who buy my books, I never talk to, except one during Kickstarter campaign where they'll say good job or like, you know, like a few words, the loudest people generally have never bought a thing for me. And so, and I think that that's something that about books, like book people tend to like be in their own heads and they don't want to like necessarily have a relationship with, with you outside of your mailing list or outside of like, they don't want to have to do the performative things on like social media and stuff. And so yep. I don't, I have on my mailing list. I send it weekly. If you've opted in, then you get mailing list, except on when I do a campaign, I do email daily or sometimes two to three times a day. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a community. We have an app and that is about the best that I have for like them. That's awesome. And it's, it like, it's difficult not to hear from those people, but it is lovely to be able to know that you have a very devoted group, a group that's very interested that you can email at a moment's notice and say, for instance, 
hey, I'm looking between these two directions for my next series. Any input? I, I think I've been doing this long enough that I don't ask them for their input. I did for a while, but mostly because I have done Kickstarters, I've seen what they gravitated towards and what they gravitated against. And when I do conventions, the biggest thing about conventions and Kickstarters is like you see who gravitates to what and who gravitates towards multiple things. And you can say, like over the years, we've done a lot of mailing list builders and things. Mm -hmm. Like you can say, like, oh, they like fairy tales, they like mythology, they like fantasy. Okay. So, like, our new series is this Obsidian Spindle Saga, it's fairy tales mythology and fan portal fantasy like and that are the those are the three areas that um that uh that like it hits and then if they like the writing they're probably gonna like the writing of this book <laughs> but how i tell whether a series has legs or not is i launch the book and then i see if people like it or not um i've done i'm doing this with uh, i've done this with authors before where you know they've come and they've said you know i don't think anyone's uh, any anyone's on my list cares and i'm like okay well let's test it and sometimes See? you go sometimes <laughs> you go oh my god like you are absolutely right more often than not you say um they say you say oh see like there are people it's not a lot of people but like there are people who there like people. care about They're this there. book and like that's a, that's a nugget um, I very rarely had to go to someone and be like, yeah, this is a complete rebuild of like, we have to like start from scratch and like, we've got to like do something completely different with, with like mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it isn't, it is nice to have it, but having the Kickstarter and having the community behind you gives you a lot of power and Kickstarter is really nice because they are very supportive of new weird ideas. Which is awesome. Yes, which is something that Amazon Absolutely. is not. Like, I don't think <laughs> Amazon is not support. I like wide or whatever. Like, there is a community. There are some people that like new ideas, but like, we all know the way you the way you really succeed on Amazon and especially in KU is by regurgitating the same thing that was that that is hot in your own style with the same cover and the same blurb and the same tropes. And like, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Like. There, I have plenty of authors who like kill and love the challenge of doing that. Oh yeah. But um, if you are not that kind of author, of which I am not, um, making the same book every every uh, who makes different things, you know, Kickstarter is a really good option because they really are supportive of like new projects, and it's because Kickstarter was made for people who was made for people who did not see what they wanted in the mainstream. Because if you, if you can just fund your thing, you don't need Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, like, like if you can just go and get venture capital or like get 500 orders or whatever, like, so it was made for people who didn't see the things they wanted. And so it developed a community of people who enjoy weird offbeat things. And so like, you know, you're now getting past the early adopters into like other people who like don't like weird things, but like there's still a huge community of people who are willing to pay a premium for something weirder new. books than mm -hmm. that that have no uh I don't want to say no chance, but like will be less successful on Amazon, which mm -hmm. is a problem that you need to know going in. You cannot go to Kickstarter and say, wow, fantasy, sci-fi, and horror are really really overrepresented here so that must mean they're the biggest categories on amazon yeah. amazon because like 
that will get you killed because like you will go into Amazon and be like, oh my God, like romance can eat every other category alive and thriller can eat every other category besides romance alive. And like, then there's everything else. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, actually quite an eye opener to me when I found out that uh, romance was not generally allowed on the New York Times bestseller list because the New York Times bestseller list would then be entirely romance. Yep. I was like, oh, interesting. Kind of, kind of seems like that should be your top ten then. Yeah. <laughs> like it should, like. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but yeah, romance is is the big one. Thrillers are right after that, and then you know you've got the fantasy, sci-fi, and and horror thing and the the issue really is finding your tribe right. and, and that's why like here, kickstarter is so good they're on because like it's on kickstarter not exclusively on kickstarter but like it's on kickstarter and it, it's a place to find people who like weirder things and it will it's very it's it's absolutely overrepresented by people who like i think we talked about this last time but lovecraft is like the most popular author on on on, on kickstarter mm -hmm. and like you could barely find a mention of him like outside of Kickstarter. So like that is where, that is the thing of like a niche audience really loves a thing and got behind this one person. This one. And yeah, and not just that, but like other things. And like outside of Kickstarter, this thing is not huge, but in Kickstarter, it's enormous. Interesting, yeah. And how would you say on average, um, that you tend to have, it's the people on your list who have backed prior Kickstarters or what percentage of people come to you new each Kickstarter? Is it, you know, like 5% that just stumble across it or yeah, that 10 depends or 20? On A, how long the campaign is mm -hmm. and B, how much outside promotion that I do. So if I'm doing a lot of outside promotion with other campaigns, doing backer list update swaps or something like that, um, I tend to get about 30%, 20 to 30% of new people. If I don't, I'll still get uh, 15 to 20% new people. Now, um, that's because I use this thing called backer kit launch, which shows me how many returning backers versus how many new backers. But what it doesn't show in new backers is are those people that were on my list already or not? So I would say probably about half of those people are on my list and half are not. So maybe 10%, five to 10% of like new people on my list. But been doing this a long time and like <laughs> it's a long time and like I've done a lot of campaigns and so um so I don't I think when I used to do this it was about 50% on my list and half 50% not on my list which is great that's great numbers yeah I mean you're you're up you're updating um I think Kickstarter had a thing where like they, they are trying to increase their their amount of backers by 10% every time and I try and say I, I'd like every campaign to get 10% more backers because over the course of a course of a year if you're doing five campaigns you know that's hundreds of new new fan potential mm -hmm. fans absolutely yeah and that's the you're you're zeroing in on a group of people that are the very committed backers yep. the ones that are going to come back again and again and again and again and that's what i'm really looking for like are those people growing every campaign and generally they do grow more and more every campaign um because those are the ones that are the, a lot of just like with anything else like a lot of people are going to get the one campaign and it's not going to be for them i'm not going to be for them like i'm not going to be their cup of tea the rice is going to be their cup of tea i'm just hoping that if i have you know 20 new backers, two or three of them become the life, the lifers, like, you know, and if, if I do that, if I do that every campaign, then every year I get, you know, 
30 to 50 lifers. And like that increases the baseline of what the, because that is the, that is the thing, right? That's what we're looking for. Like we're looking for that every time we launch, uh, the people that are going to buy gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I mean, that's, and, but, but in order to do that, a lot of people have to try your book and not like it. So you, you have to, because then you, or, or like it, but not love it. So you're going to get like the people that don't try it, people that like it, that, that try it and don't like it, people that, 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 uh, that try it and like it, but don't love it. And the people that love it and the people that like adore it and all of these people like on the, on the far tail. And so, you know, I'm trying every campaign to get more people in that beginning so that, you know, 500, like my goal is a thousand people that will back every campaign because like, if there's a thousand people that would just like coming back any campaign, like that's, that's power that you don't get anywhere else. Anywhere and like the else. people that really, the people that really like succeed on Kickstarter are the ones that can like run a thousand person campaign pretty, pretty consistently, pretty, pretty much whenever they like yeah. launch a button. Like I think I'm thinking of like a Spike Trotman or, um, Felipe Cagne or, or like someone, Michael Sullivan, who just like, you know, they hit launch and it's going to be 800 people are going to back it. They just know. And then they, they can plan for, they can plan for like, Hey, if this goes great, then maybe we'll get 2000 backers. But if it goes terrible, like the baseline is 800, you know, 800. And like the baseline is like 20 grand. And like, that's, that's a really powerful number, whether you're launching on Kickstarter or not, you know, what you should be trying to do is, getting more pre-orders every time you launch every game of people to buy every time you launch because the more people that buy the more people that will end up in your big flow and i just read um i just i was listening to mark dawson's podcast and mm -hmm. he said you know i had nine thousand pre-orders for his book which is like sounds like a lot but like he does millions of dollars every like year he's not like and he only got nine thousand pre-orders for his book like so like that's like I would kill for 9000 pre-orders consistently for a book but like based on how just how much he does and how known he is you know to get 10000 pre-orders and granted he's going to get a lot more obviously like when the book launches and like shoots to number 2 or whatever it is yeah. but um but uh but yeah so like and but he didn't always have that right you know he keeps like inching he inched and inch and then rocketed forward and then like it sort of gets a logarithmic curve and so um, that is, I guess, one of the other things that's scary about Kickstarter is like, you know, what if no one comes? It's like, well, if no one comes, then try again, try something else. You know, if your book is good, then there should be an audience for it. It may be a very small audience. And so I'm always, every time I go to Kickstarter, trying to expand out the breadth of who will like my work. You can mm -hmm. see our myth our mythological portal fantasy books, uh, the darkness followed behind her and the God's verse chronicles. And then with the next series, I tried to take that audience and like add more potential fans to it by doing the fairy tales and all the other stuff. So like every, every time trying to expand out and then bring people back into the core of the, the book. And, you know, I've had books that didn't do well. And surprisingly, I've had a lot of books that from the outside looked like they didn't do well, but did way better. Like our one last year in, in, uh, in November, like to get $2,000 on profit on a $3,000 book is like insane. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. to get $1,000, to get $3,000 of, of money from a $1,000 spend mm -hmm. is like crazy. Like, that's great. Like, I, like, I never thought that was going to give me any money. So like in many ways, like that's like $2,000 in my pocket compared to like the other series that I do, which like 
they may get 3000, but yeah. like, you know, I spent last year writing a bunch of books in that series. Whereas like this, how to, how not to invade earth. It just made money. And then it was over and like, Oh, I just got to take that to the bank instead of taking that money and like reinvesting it into ads or any of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so it's one of those, you have to be looking at the numbers because just seeing that number climb on its own is not the indicator of how this is going for you. Right. Um, well, I mean, the nice thing about being wide and anything is like, you can kind of not care about rank, you know, like you just mm -hmm. like, Hey, and some of my, some of the most successful authors that you, that, that I know, like look like garbage in the rank, like everywhere. They just like, don't look like this. They're not, it's not impressive anywhere. Not just not impressive on Amazon, but like you would have no idea that these people were pulling in like high five, six figures, like you, no clue. They just nope. are like doing their job and like the books are selling with the book sell. And, uh, and they're like, they're, they're making money. Like they're, they're putting their money in the bank and like the books launch and like they do well. And so, so yeah, I mean, that's, the, the, the advantage of Kickstarter is it really takes like, hey, 300 people. That sounds like a terrible number, like if it's Amazon launch. But like to me, that's like $12,000. Like I had a yep. person on Kickstarter who bought all of my books that were available in the Kickstarter. And then they bought like $600 of additional books after the Kickstarter that I didn't have available because he said, I want the complete collection of your books and like in paperback. And so like, I ended up sending him, I don't know, 20, 30, whatever I had available books. And then I went into my Ingram account and sent him all of the books that I didn't have at all even available. So, um, so I mean, it's, it's one of like, you can't do that outside of Kickstarter. Like somebody can go yeah. and buy all of your books, but like, they can't, they, they won't be, they won't spend, like this person spent almost a thousand dollars on my books. I think 800 or $900 on my books in one campaign buying that's And like, that's just, that's an obscene number, especially because aside from the books I was printing for this campaign and shipping, like it was free, it was free money to me because I paid off all of the books in my garage. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you're, you're able to find those people via Kickstarter that you there would be no other way to reach. There would be no other way to make that sale. Um, Absolutely. And that's fantastic. Um, and so you've settled into this rhythm of your writing, you're doing the Kickstarters, you're doing your consulting. Um, and that was very much informed by your, your past in comics. Now you're still working in comics as well. Uh, I do. Yes. yes. I, I produce, awesome. I produce I'm producing an anthology that will launch next March and then I am producing a uh, the last edition the last volume of my graphic novel Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter mm -hmm. and I will have just finished um, a, a book called Black Market Heroin um, mm -hmm. which literally the last pages came in while we're recording this interview so I'm, <laughs> um, I'm very excited to see how the last pages turned out pay this artist the last <laughs> fee that I owe, that I owe her and uh, then be able to turn my attention to it in um, in, uh, in 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 September. Yeah, and that's that's wonderful, and it's great to see the the di divergence in authors because some of them are thinking, you know, oh, I I like to do my one thing, right? I like to write, I like to publish, I like to, and then you see others that are having, you know, I'm working in comics, I'm working in novels, I'm doing consulting, I'm doing kickstarters, and it's just seeing what people thrive off of is one of these things that gives you. Ex experience and a lot of freedom to say find your own career like yeah. however it works 
And so here's the, the thing is, you know, I would love to just be able to, to, to write a book and like release it and get like 5,000 pre-orders. Like that'd be great. But like most of us will never get that career. Most of us have to find the way to scrape by. And, you know, um, and, and, mm-hmm. and so like Kickstarter is the way that I've learned to like scrape by and like with all the other stuff and, you know, publishing on a large scale is like just extending the runway. Like every release, you just like hope to break even and then mm-hmm. extend the runway for the next book. And like, maybe you'll get a hit and like that'll allow you to like spend more time on that. But what it mm-hmm. does is it lets, it extends the runway and allows you to like make more weird stuff inside, like, and then more, and like, take, and then take more risks mm-hmm. and then maybe fail on those. So like, I don't know a publisher who takes the money that like all the publishers that I know that have a hit end mm-hmm. up reinvesting that into other weird books and like other yep. books that like are probably may even have a higher propensity to fail or might say, Hey, like shadow and bone, like did really well. Uh, that means like I can take on this book that I was on the fence about, even though it's probably not going to sell or like, it's going to be a award show or like whatever the thing is. Um, so Kickstarter is a great way to like extend the runway, like, and it's not the only part of your business. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't plan to have Kickstarter be the only part of my business, but um, one thing that I, 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 I know from running ads is that the ads to my book series, the, the, the God's First Chronicles is, uh, they don't work because the books need to, the book, A, there's not enough of them, B, the, the audience is too niche, and C, A, they needed like, they need to have four books put before the books that are now to like build up to it. Cause like there's all this stuff. So instead of like going into the hole to like keep writing these books until like mm-hmm. I was ready to release them, I'm able to stockpile them all for a big Amazon and wide release that will like, and that I can put real money into next year that, uh, that uh, and, and while I do that, I can be revenue neutral or even make money and, and, and have that money and, and, and say, okay, now we've got $5,000 of ad budget across these two campaigns mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of owing whatever $15,000 or whatever the amount of money is that I've paid for these books now. Now I'm ahead $5,000 and now I can take this money and put 11 books out there and then take advantage of like the new release on Amazon and, 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 and do all of the things that you're supposed to do with like a launch, you know, put a, mm-hmm. put a, put a decent ad budget behind it. And like, you know, re- release multiple, like have, have a longer series that like has more anyway. So you can do all of these things. If you're on, if you use Kickstarter as a part of your publishing business and say, try and break even on production costs there and then bring it into your, 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 your big launch. And, and that's very much the same as most other aspects of any business or writing career, which is this one thing is not going to be the silver bullet that takes everything else over. It is going to be one cog in a machine that will function much better because it is there. And I know publishers that literally do 12 launches a year on Kickstarter. They are always launching a book on Kickstarter. They're releasing a bunch of books not on Kickstarter, but they're doing like a literal full slate of books only on Kickstarter because those books will work for that audience. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and so it's also interesting. I imagine we have some authors that are listening to us here that, for instance, do some horror work or 
but also have a very different genre and who are thinking, oh, you know, probably not the romance, but the horror, maybe I should yeah. go try on Kickstarter and you know, and you probably have a lot of authors who are listening who are successful authors with one series or two series, but have series that their fans are like clamoring for that or audiobooks or something that they're clamoring for that you can then say, okay, like this book does not sell. If the hundred of you want to buy it, I will write this book, but you have to buy it. Like, you here, have we to need buy to raise- it. Like, if we don't, like, I don't care. Like, like if there's no skin off my back or like, I would love to do this book, but like, I can't take a month off from writing these books unless like we make this amount of money for it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It may be the only hundred people that buy that book or 200 people that buy that book. But like, if you really want to see if that, that, that's that dead series has like life into it, or like you can afford to, to make another book in that series, or um, I have friends that do like birthday books. They're just like, hey, I'm gonna, I, I write all year for other people. I just want to write this book for me. And like, they, they know it's not gonna sell well, but like, hey, like I'm gonna put this on Kickstarter first and like, maybe it makes five grand. If it or works, maybe, it works. Yeah, and like, now I'm not paying, but the, instead of paying for like the production of it out of like their other funds, they can mm-hmm. do it out of their Kickstarter funds. Or like, there's all sorts of ways to like integrate it as a part of your business. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. audiobooks. As I mentioned, you know, they're all, and it doesn't have to be unsuc- uh, never before published authors, like super published authors. Like we've all got something that we want to do to take our career to the next level. Whether yeah. that's a board game or whether that's um, uh, like just literally finishing your first series and having enough money to like pay for an editor, or uh, or anything in between. It, it, it's it, there's a place for Kickstarter in that process, and mm-hmm. it is not a finite resource. You can use it and come back to it three months later. I know because I do it. Um, you know, you can do nonfiction. You can do fiction. You can, if you want to make a comic from your books, if you want to make an art book, also, uh, you know, if you want to add maps to your world, like there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. And that's why Kickstarter is often not talked about by like, you know, the Chris Foxes and such of the world. He used it very successfully. Brandon Sanderson probably will not talk about Kickstarter much because like, it's not a big piece of his business. He made a lot of money there, but like, he's not going to be coming back to it every week or every mm-hmm. month, as opposed to Amazon. You keep coming back to it, you know, uh, what do they say? They, uh, you know, uh, it, eat what, it, it, it eats what feeds it. So like, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon tends to be what people talk about because they're constantly on it or like, you know, all, not just Amazon, but you know, all of the, all of the places um, as opposed to Kickstarter, which they may have used once and they may have made a million dollars from it, but like it might've been five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you'd be surprised if you looked at all of the publishing con- people and saw like, oh, they made a movie. Oh, that pin collection came from this this Kickstarter. Uh, oh, they did their hardcover collection came from this uh, came from doing this, and all there all of these aspects of Kickstarter that people can 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 integrate into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But just because it's not something that people talk about often does not mean it's not something that people are using often. Often, and that is very useful to them. And so. What would you say as we're we're wrapping up here to someone who's listening, maybe who's thinking, I, I'm not sure, you know, I've got 8 million things that are eating at my time. I'm a baby author, for instance, I've got a family, this is my side gig. Um, is it is it worth it to give it a shot? Or am I just setting myself up for failure? 
what would you say is a good proving ground, a good way for them to make themselves ready and really just reap all of the benefits in terms of knowledge, even if not money out of the experience of trying this? I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Uh-huh. You're a baby author. This is your first book. It is probably destined to fail. Mm -hmm. Every publisher that I've ever known says that it takes three books to make to, to turn a profit on a on uh, on 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 a career. Uh, the first book is heavily investing in yourself and heavily investing in getting the word out. So, given that. And given that you don't have nowhere this is going to be working, I would say, A, though it is probably going to be easier to make money in Kindle Unlimited, mm -hmm. A, you should try wide mm -hmm. first because you do okay. not know where your audience will come from. Mm -hmm. And you do not know what levers you should push in order to succeed. Mm -hmm. And that includes Patreon, that includes Kickstarter. Sure. That includes, you know, that, that is why people say be on every platform because mm -hmm. you don't know. You might pop off on TikTok. Like you might pop off on some new platform that hasn't even been invented yet. Like you might be the, the, the queen of discord. I don't know. Like we don't know. There's so many factors. Mm -hmm. And while I do think that there's efficacy in putting all of your eggs and pushing through the, like, like the morass in like one aspect of your career, mm -hmm. I also think you don't know what you like until you try it. I would say, I don't like looking at it. I would say, I don't like contracts. That's not true. Like I love negotiating contracts. Like, like, like I like looking at them. I like, I like puzzling them out. I like being on conference calls about talking about them. Like I like them as, as a concept and something I never would have said at the beginning of my career. Um, as a person who does launch on Kickstarter and on Amazon, I can tell you that launching wide is a very lonely experience because all you have is a bar chart <laughs> that says you sold this amount of money that said, whoop-de-doo, like you spent $500 and like, look, there's 78 people. Who are they? I don't know. They're just 78, there's 78 units. Like, mm -hmm. frankly, like, that's why there's so much, inf there's so much talk on, K on Kindle. It's just like, do they just put numbers? Like, do they randomly put numbers in my like thing? Like, <laughs> like how are they finding it? Like, it's just magic. Mm -hmm. um, it behooves you as a baby author to find your tribe as early as and possible. And to do that. To and I think that's, uh, you're also, you're hitting the nail on the head here with, you are absolutely going to fall on your face a lot of times. Yes. And that's it's nice to have those people that say, yes, your book is still good. Or like, yeah. you know what? This was not a good book. Like, you know, it's a baby author. The people that are going to say this was not a good book are people who bought the book, bought the book, they bought and, the book cared and they cared enough about something to, in it yes. to reach out. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to placate you as a baby author that are going to say, it was good. It was nice. Oh, that's nice. But they're like, oh yeah, I'll buy it later. But like, I'll tell you what, like the, the rubber hits the road when like you put your book live and you see literally the names and email addresses and how much they paid for every single person who backed your book. Mm -hmm. And that's, A, that's a wonderful feeling. I, I, I mean, my, my friend had a not great uh, launch recently, not recently, a couple of years ago. And I thought mm -hmm. it was going to devastate her. 
like, cause like she didn't fund and she'd been working on this so hard. And she like, she came back and she said, that was the best. Like 50 people said they were like, like we're in like 50 people. Like I saw their names, like 50 people were like bought the, like said they wanted to buy this thing. And like, uh, and she like totally changed my, 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 idea about what it means to succeed because like to this point she had sold a couple of books I think mm -hmm. at like conventions or something but like she never had like 50 people say yes I want to buy this book mm -hmm. you know she'd never had those that 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 kind of um that, that kind of experience I had an author that came to me and said after one of my kickstarter talks she did a book and it launched $500 and 250 on the first day and I said is that the most you've ever made on Amazon in a day or uh, on your books in a day she's like yeah it was the most I've ever made on books in the day. I'm like $250 doesn't seem like a lot, but like, I'm telling what? you, like, like $250, uh, $250 when you have a day is six figures ish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so if you're looking at that over a year, so yeah. if, yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't think we're going to find any better story to end this, this segment on than hers to be able to look at it and say, these are 50 people who cared about what I was writing. Yeah. And, 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 and I can see them. Time. They're not a bar graph. They're not mm -hmm. a bar graph. Not that the people that buy are a bar graph, but like, it just, it's so but we impersonal. don't get to know them. Yeah. We don't get to know them. We don't get to see them. We don't get to like, um, I sent books out and, and people were doing unboxing videos for them. And like, cause they all got the books on the same time. Cause this is another thing. Like people don't all get the books the same time. They don't all read them the same time. When I'm sending books out, like they're all getting there in the same day. Like there's a deluge of people saying i loved it like look at the book like sending me pictures and stuff so um which sometimes it does happen sometimes on like launch day but yeah um I, I do think it's really it was really powerful for me to hear that person who spent a month failed and still was so excited that she had 50 people who bought who, who wanted to buy her book and guess what she then launched again and succeeded and that is what it's about. That's what being in any business is about, but writing especially. And yep. uh, so everyone, this is Russell Nolte. Uh, you need to check out his Kickstarter, which is running right now for uh, how to do Kickstarter for books. So it's very meta. It's and... your novel and you can get it to it at kickstartyournovel.com. <laughs> um, excellent. And Russell, I look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Same. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Scribe Count podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to see covered on the show, feel free to send a message to philippa.warner at scribecount.com.